Oh, good morning, everyone. Oh, that was lovely. We got snacks happening in the second row down here. Got a bag of shapes to get you through the service. Louis joining that row. Anyone else, if you need some snacks, come on down the front. The girls are ready. Uh, we're in the middle of a series called Led by the Spirit at the moment and having a great look at Galatians 5 and the fruits of the Spirit. And we're going to continue on that today, having a look at patience. Patience, not the card game. I did do what is the definition of patience, and it's an English card game. Like, I know that one. But we're going to have a look at, at the fruit in our life that can grow by being led by the spirit of patience. So we're going to jump straight into it and have a read from Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 16. And the title is Living by the Spirit's Power. Verse 16 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants for our life. And if the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires, these two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. So the Bible is telling us that we have these two, this, this opposition that occurs in our life for what our sinful nature, what our flesh wants, and what the Spirit desires for us to do. Verse 18, but when you are directed by the Spirit, You are not under obligation to the law of Moses. So the rules, the regulations, the doing good in our life. When we're directed by the Spirit, we're not under obligation to the law. Verse 19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very, very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, Selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let's pause for a second, because for a long time I have read this scripture and thought of the inheritance of the kingdom of God being the end game, the goal. It can be read in with live this kind of life and you will not inherit eternal salvation. But the inheritance that this is talking about that is being referenced here is the here and now inheritance. It's not the one day we will get this goal in our life of having an eternity with Christ in heaven. It is the inheritance of the kingdom of God in our life today. The abundant life that Jesus said he came for, the promises of God, the the ways of the kingdom in our life, what Scotty was talking about in terms of generosity in giving and receiving in abundance, in prosperity, in healing, in freedom, and all those things, that is the inheritance that this scripture is referring to. It's not the one day we will get, it is the flee from these things in our life. And the kingdom of God will become real to us today. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit 
produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Is anyone singing the Sunday school song as well? I won't, don't worry. Gentleness, and because I won't sing, I am demonstrating self-control. There is no law against these things. There's a, there's a code that, that uh, we, we have had in our youth ministry team. We have 10 codes or values or rules that we operate by. There is a code 11. A code 11 is when Adam has said something that is no longer cool. And he's missed the point, and it's, uh, hey, Adam, you're, you're too old, code 11, let's not go with that idea. But our first code, and, and, it's, and it's like a great summary of exactly what this series is about, being led by the Spirit, is to be Christ-centered, word-focused, and Spirit-led. And it's a great summary, or a great way of defining what it is to live a life that produces these kind of fruits in our life. When everything that we do is focused and journeyed towards Christ, when we live from the Word of God, when we are focused on this, we know that the Word is there for three reasons, to show us what is wrong with our life, to teach us what is good, and to equip us for the work that God has. And when we are Spirit-led, we are focused, we are living a life that produces this fruit. And there's been, in the last few weeks that we've been in this series, there's been some awesome teaching about the fruits of the Spirit. So deep, so knowledgeable, so good. And I would encourage you to to jump onto the website or onto iTunes and grab some of the teaching that's been on the last few weeks and catch up on it if you've missed it. Because one of the great things about Northeast that I love is that we don't have a, a teacher, we have a teaching team. And everybody brings a different way of looking at a series or a passage, a different way of communicating it, teaching it, explaining it. And if you're just grabbing every couple of weeks or missing a few by not being able to just attend on a Sunday, don't miss out on what the entire series is saying to our church. So jump on and catch up on the last few weeks to get ready for next week. Fruits of the Spirit. And patience. Well, as most of you would know, and apologies if you don't, but uh, our family's moving to Melbourne in January. We're relocating down there to uh, start a new role with the Salvation Army. And uh, it's meant that, uh, how can I put this? I've had to finish a lot of jobs in my house that I have been putting off for quite a while. And, and as I like to say to Mel, you know, I, I will get things done. I will get things finished. You don't need to remind me every six months to do those jobs. And, and one of those things was gardens. We, we had some veggie patches and herb patches out the back. And, and, uh, and, and that, that's what they were. They were just garden beds without even any soil in them. And I thought, well, we, we're getting our house ready to sell as part of moving out, I need to get some gardens going. So what I'd put off for a couple of years took me about two hours to fill up with soil and off the bunnings to buy plants and put them in. And in my shed, I found, uh, I found a whole box of seeds. They may or may not have been from previous attempts to start gardens in the house and then just 
got distracted and went back to the Xbox. But they had all these seeds in there, and some of them were expired, uh, like out of date, and, and others were okay, depending on what year I had started the project. And there was there was sunflowers, there was pumpkins, there was all different herbs, there were pretty flowers, there was uh, spinach, there was corn. And, and so Bella and I went around and we just planted them all in these new garden beds that we had made and, uh, and put the little piece of paper in there. But of course, that blew away. So all we ended up with was dirt patches with little green sprouts germinating and coming out. And I was standing there the other week and I was watering them because I'd realized from previous attempts at starting a garden that you've actually got to do more than just put the seed in the ground. You've got to go back and water it and that may or may not have been why we didn't have any gardens out the back. But I was standing there watering them, trying to work out which varieties of plants or herbs or veggies were growing in each one. And, and they were just too small to even be able to tell at that point. And I had this realization or this revelation as I was watering them that regardless of what was growing, it did not change the way that I had to care for them. I didn't look at the little green leaves coming out of the soil and think to myself, well, that might be corn. I've already got corn in the fridge, so I'm not going to water that one. This one might be spinach. I like spinach, so I'm going to give it a bit of extra. It didn't change the way that I looked after any of these seeds that had been germinating. I just simply watered them all the same, weeded the gardens, gave them a little bit of sea salt from Bunnings every now and then, and I treated them all the same and did not change the way that I cared or looked after them simply because of the fruit or the produce that they may produce, may, if I keep them alive, one day when I can reap that harvest. Now, we look at the fruits of the Spirit so often, and we consider them in light of how that fruit will work in our life. It's like watering the corn a little bit less because we already have corn in the fridge. And we look at the list of them and go, well, love, I'm doing okay with love. I'm not, I'm not going to worry too much about that in my life. But joy, I could do with a little bit more joy, so I'm going to chase a little bit of joy. I'm going to put some three steps into place to, to chase joy in my life. But what the Scriptures say to us is that this is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's not fruit that we can produce in our life by following the five steps to finding patience. It's not anything that we can reap in a harvest by hard work we do. It is simply by watering, by staying in the Spirit, by following Christ and His example, by being led by the Holy Spirit, by being Christ-centered, Word-focused and Spirit-led in everything that we do, then this fruit gets produced in our life. It's never about focusing on which one of them we need most or think we need more or would benefit from or would enjoy having in the bowl of salad a little bit more than the others. It's about just focusing on living a life that is Spirit-led, and full of the Holy Spirit, and from that watering, this fruit grows in our life. But on that, 
We are going to have a look at patience today. And how as we chase the Spirit more, as we are Spirit-led, live a life focused and in the power of the Holy Spirit, what that patience can mean for our life. And we're going to have a look at a little video to start with. And you may have seen this. If you have, it's still well worth the watch, particularly if you love marshmallows. (laughs) How good is that? I wanted... I thought about doing that with my kids as the video for today, but I realized it would be about 17 seconds long where they all just ate the marshmallow straight away and then went back out to play. But isn't it interesting? And it's, there's, there's so many videos on YouTube where, where kids just absolutely take what's in front of them right now instead of delaying that gratification to receive more in the future. And I believe that that's what the, the fruit of patience in our life that it talks about in Galatians 5 is, is exactly what it's referring to. That idea that we, we can take the marshmallow now in our life or we can through the Spirit. And who knows that sometimes if there's a marshmallow in front of you, you need the power of the Holy Spirit to not eat that one because there's a promise for our life in the future to receive even more. Galatians 5 says that in the middle of that passage that we're reading there, that that we can inherit the kingdom of God if we don't eat the marshmallow now, but we use patience and trust and relying on God, that there is a greater promise that can be earned rather than simply what is right in front of us in the here and the now today. And so we're going we're gonna to have a think about patience this morning, but let's not, let's not focus too much on the patience of how we are driving in traffic. When the person in front of you doesn't leave the white line as quickly as you want when the light turns green. Let's not think about patience in terms of if someone is at the dinner table eating with their mouth open and how you react to that. Or if somebody leaves shoes in the hallway, the patience that we have to find in ourselves for dealing with that. But let's consider more the patience of delaying the here and now of things that the Bible talks about in Galatians 5 that our sinful nature wants to chase for what the Spirit is leading us towards. The patience that the fruit of the Holy Spirit can produce in our life that means we will not eat the marshmallow now because we know that God has a promise for us of a greater future, the inheritance that it talks about. Because the definition of patience is the ability to wait. (laughs) Did not happen. Or to continue doing something despite difficulties like the taste of a marshmallow. Or to suffer, this is good, or to suffer without complaining or becoming annoyed. That is the Cambridge Dictionary's definition of what patience is. But the opposite of patience, I don't believe, is doing something with speed or acting with haste. I believe that the opposite of patience 
is doing something in our own strength and not relying upon God. Doing something in our own strength and not relying or trusting in God. Not believing and trusting that God has two marshmallows for us, but rather believing that we know better, that we know the answer, and the best thing is to follow the desires of our sinful nature and eat the marshmallow now. In the next chapter over in Galatians, in in chapter 6 and verse 9, it says, Let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a double marshmallow harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Now, the word tired there, it doesn't refer to our physical tiredness. It's not the tiredness of you have had a busy day or walked a lot of steps or, or done some exercise or done something that used up all your physical energy and, and you, are, you are lying on the lounge tired. It refers to being spiritually empty, of being weary in our spirit, to living a life that is not led by the Spirit and in the power of the Holy Spirit, but living a life that is done in our own strength, where we're left feeling empty and weak. So let us not grow spiritually empty and tired of doing what is good. And just at the right time, we will reap a harvest. The word time there is the Greek word kairos, which means at the exact moment. It doesn't mean approximately or at some time in the future, it means at the exact moment. And theologically, it's usually referred to as God's perfect timing. Not our timing, God's perfect timing. So the encouragement that we're receiving in this scripture, in terms of being patient and trusting in God, is let's not leave ourselves empty of the Spirit of God in our life and being led by the Spirit. Let's not get tired of doing that and doing what is good because at God's time, not our own, at God's time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. The fruit of patience in our life is our ability to stay unswervingly at our post of what God has for our life, staying full of the Spirit to keep us there so that in His time, In his perfect time, we will reap a harvest of what he has for our life. We're going to have a look at at Romans chapter 8. If you've got your Bible or your digital spiritual device today, jump over there. But We're going to read a fair bit of it and unpack what it means to be spirit-led and see patience grow in our life. And if you haven't got it with you today, you can, uh, of course, follow along on the screens. But it says in, in the New Living Translation, the heading of the chapter for me is life in the spirit. And that's exactly what we want to look at this morning. How do we live our life in the spirit? Because staying in the spirit is how we don't grow weary. It's how we don't move from our post. It's how we don't eat the marshmallow now. It's how we trust and rely upon God. 
that in his time, a harvest will be reached, reaped. Chapter 8, verse 1 says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So those two things that are opposing and fighting within us, our, our flesh and the spirit of God, The Bible tells us here that because we have given our life to Christ, we have been freed. It uses the word power. That once our sinful nature had power over us, it controlled us, it dominated us. We did not have freedom, but now by living our life in the Spirit, we have freedom. It no longer has power over sin that leads us to death. Verse 3, the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So doing good things, trying to stick to the rules was not enough for that power of sin to be broken in our life. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies that we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. We know that's Jesus. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us. Now listen to this part. Who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. You see, at one point in our life, our flesh, sin, had power over us. That's what the Bible says. It was in control. It had the power. But Christ has freed us from that. So now it comes down to a choice. We are now who those who choose to no longer follow our sinful nature, not forced to by power, but choose to either follow our sinful nature or Follow the Spirit. So even though there's opposing forces in our body, our ability to be led by the Spirit is still, or is now, our choice as to who we follow. It's not a power that has control over us. Verse 5, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled By the Holy Spirit, think about the things that please the Spirit. The power of sin is gone. We are free. We now stand every day in a place, whether we follow our sinful nature or whether we are followed and led by the Spirit in our life, the thing that doesn't leave us tired in doing the good work and waiting for God's timing in our life, but Look at the difference in terminology. Both are followed, but the result of following one puts us back into being dominated by that sinful nature. Our choice to follow our sinful nature in our life leaves us back being dominated. Similar to how we were before we knew Christ, but this time we've done it by choice. Being dominated where the other leaves us controlled, 
led in the Holy Spirit, full and not growing weary. Verse 6, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws. It never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature will always eat the marshmallow. Can never please God. Those that are controlled and dominated, under the control of their sinful nature, we will always eat the marshmallow rather than have patience and trust God for the greater reward. Verse 9, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. Keep having to repeat it because we keep forgetting it. We're not controlled by our sinful nature. We are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Verse 12, we're going to jump over. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Think about that. Your sinful nature will urge you to do things that move us back into following our sinful nature and being dominated. But we have no obligation because sinful nature has no power over our life. It is our choice as to what we follow. Verse 13, For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Jump over to verse 24. It says, We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. If we already have two marshmallows in front of us, we don't need to have patience and trust God. But no, we have one. Verse 25, but if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for... Actually, I found a video that helps us make sense of this a little bit more. Cam, can you... Play the follow-up video as we think about the Holy Spirit. All right, we're going we're gonna to pause it there because this is where he makes the kids cry and I just felt kind of awkward about showing that one in church. But verse 26, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in, the, in words. You see, the marshmallow had power over those little kids, right? You see their face and looking at this, they, they, they so desire to do that, to eat that marshmallow, to, to make that decision. But they have a choice. 
He gives them the choice. The, the, he's actually a magician if he didn't work it out. That was a magic trick. And uh, he says to them, you have a cup. You, you, can, you can decide whether you sit there and stare at that marshmallow and desire that marshmallow or you can use the cup. By using the cup, the power of that was taken away from those kids. Absolutely gone. Removed from sight. That's what Romans 8 is telling us all about when it comes to having patience in our life. We can sit there and have the power of the marshmallow over our life or we can accept the cup of salvation. And that power is taken and it's no longer in control. And then we have the choice. Do we follow our sinful nature or do we follow the Spirit in our life? And when we follow the Spirit, it's exactly like what we saw in there. The cup goes over the top and there's no longer any power. It's no longer there. Even when they had another peak, it was gone. They weren't controlled or dominated by that anymore. It just was not an option in their life to grow tired and weary and give up and eat the marshmallow. Now he comes back in and yeah, he makes them cry because he let, he, they, they think that they've eaten it themselves. You know, he's, oh, well, you, the marshmallow's gone. You don't get another one. But in the end, they inherit the kingdom of God and they get what they got. Because they had patience and they stayed unswerving. They didn't become tired and weary by not being full of the Spirit in their life. But they chose to follow the Spirit's leading and trust God and trust His timing. And that's the lesson that we can learn when we've chased the Holy Spirit in our life. When we allow our mind to follow Him, not follow our today and our selfish nature and our sinful desires and all those things that Galatians 5 says at the beginning. But when we just keep watering the Holy Spirit in our life, keep being Christ-centered in all that we do, Romans 12, taking our everyday ordinary life and giving it back to Christ as an offering, not putting everything into little compartments, but giving Him everything back. We remain Christ-centered. When we're word-focused, when we're in this, when this is our life, when this is our source of answers, not Google, not even other people, but when we're finding what we need in life from the Word of God, then we can be Spirit-led in every step that we take. And the cup just makes it disappear. And the Kingdom of God can be inherited in our life here and today when we allow the Spirit to keep us full, not to be tired, not to be weary in doing good, but to trust God's timing, the Kairos timing in our life, that He knows better. He knows better. Let's pray before we worship this morning. Holy Spirit, we thank You. We thank you that there is no longer power in our life from sin. The sin that leads to death. 
but we can follow you and be spirit-led, that the kingdom of God can be real and present in our life each and every day. Lord, we pray this morning that we would spend more time in your presence, not in moments, but in each step that we take. Holy Spirit, at this point, in this place this morning, I pray for all of us who in this moment or at just times in our life feel weary and feel tired and feel empty of your spirit, that right now that you would come and you would fill us. In each life in this place this morning, that we would lead full, leave here full of your Holy Spirit, that we would be led by you each and every day, that we would follow you, that you would control our lives, that we would not be controlled by sin and death anymore. Holy Spirit, come as we worship this morning. Would your presence fill this place and fill our hearts that we may leave here ready and equipped for what this world will bring us this week, but for more importantly, what you would have us do. Jesus, we thank you that we are free of this all because of what you did. There are no longer rules and regulations that we will never be able to meet, but there is grace. And your grace is sufficient for all of our needs. We thank you, Jesus.